0: This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Episode 7. Safe Data. In this episode, Adam and Peter discuss how to protect the most important asset in the company, the data. How siloing will protect the data. Well, Peter, we're going to
1: continue in the series, 10 Critical Steps to Survive a Ransomware Attack. Um, we're going to do number six, restrict access to file shares, a.k.a. silo your data.
0: There you go. So, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> restrict access, silo your data. So. On a farm. On a farm, yeah, exactly. Well... Um, well Most small businesses that we work with seem to have almost all of their stuff in maybe one or two places. Um, Just about every place we find, you know, smaller firms will have one, maybe two file servers, whether they're Windows or Macintosh, sometimes even Linux. Or they may be using an online service like Dropbox or something similar. And all the essential company data is there. Sometimes things like payroll and accounting are separate. That's usually the case. Uh, but oftentimes a lot of the company's valuable data and intellectual property is in a single repository, whether it's one folder or on one server, to which everybody in the company has some level of access to. hmm And often it is not just read access, not just the ability to see what's there. It's also write access, the ability to change or erase what is there. Mm -hmm. And this is really, really dangerous. (laughs) It's bad because just think about it for a minute. Does uh, you know an intern who just walked off the street, who you barely know? You know, if you're lucky, has maybe gone through two hours of interviewing process. Does does this kid off the street need access to all the same information that the CEO of the company does? <laughs> no, I would like to say no. <laughs> um, but the problem is, especially again in smaller firms, that's exactly what we see. It's mm-hmm. it's nutty. So um, again, this is somewhere where you you know you have to work with your IT folks, but you cannot just delegate this out to them you know as the the business owner you have to have an understanding of what's going on and you have to say uh and when i when i say business owner too to be clear i mean like the owner of this project you may not be the 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 official owner of the company but you're you're the person in charge of this data for example Mm -hmm. um You should have an idea of, say, like, okay, well, the people in this department, say, our accounting department, they need access to all of these sensitive accounting files, but um, most of the other people don't. And uh, another thing to consider is just because you're at the top of the organizational chart does not mean that you need access to all the data in the company at any given time.
1: That's a hard pitch.
0: It is a hard pitch because, <laughs> you know, we, we've seen cases where a person would say, well, look, if you look at this org chart, you'll see I'm the vice president. Therefore, I should have more power than the system administrators.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sorry, dude. That's not the way it works, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and, you know, this is not an ego thing. Well, I think it was an ego thing on this person's part, but, you know, not not from the IT perspective. like roles and access to data and permissions and stuff on the system need to be given out on a need to know and an as needed basis so the reason that your system administrators have these superpowers on your network is because they need them to do their job the ceo or a vice president does not need the ability to say you know uh, deploy new systems and install software across the network and make massive changes to the network infrastructure with a few clicks
1: mm-hmm.
0: right now sure that that person may have a, you know a majority share of the business and may technically own the you know the physical materials and stuff but They have no training, no expertise in, you know, what it means to actually run the system. So it's really not a good idea. So you want to take some time and you want to work with whoever's administering your data, you know, whoever's running your servers or whoever administers your Dropbox or whatever you're using where your data is hiding, and come up with an appropriate level of permissions for the appropriate parties, So this may mean that you have a separate server for different functions for different departments. It may just mean you have a separate SharePoint, a separate folder or a separate network drive on the network that certain staff have access to. Uh, And as I always say when we go over things like this, uh, you want to assign these permissions and these access rights based on roles and groups, not on individual people. So, for example, it's not that Peter needs access to these files. It's that, say, the CEO of this company needs access to these files. Or it's not that Alice needs account uh, access to these files. It's anybody in accounting needs access to these files. Mm-hmm. So you want to do things based on roles. It makes it a lot easier when you have to add, remove, or change staff. Yes. And, and it also makes it a lot clearer. You know, So that way if someone asks, well, well, how come Alice can access these files and I can't? Well, because Alice works in HR and you don't. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. So that way, you know, in a small firm, especially it doesn't look like you're playing favorites. It's all assigned by role. That person holds this role. That's why they have these rights. So that's something to take uh, you know uh, into consideration. It's relatively simple. you know, it may be a little bit time consuming, but the process is not hard. It's just a matter of identifying what types of assets you have and who needs access to them.
1: Okay. Well, Peter, in an, in another segment, we talk about uh, crypto locker and crypto wall and that kind of thing. Can you yep. explain in this number, you know, restricting uh, file access? How could this protect from CryptoLocker?
0: I can exactly. So, uh, crypto wall, crypto locker, and all of their ransom variant ransomware variants. What they do is they encrypt data files, and they encrypt all kinds of data files, any ones that they can get their hands on. If you have unrestricted rights to all of the shared files and folders on the system in all departments, it means you have the power, even if you didn't mean to, to completely lock or wipe out or encrypt the data files for the entire company. Now, if you don't have that level, if you have some level of restrictions, like say you're restricting by department, for example, then the most damage you can do is to your own computer and maybe everything within your department, right? But at least it somewhat contains the damage. Now, it may still be just as bad of a disaster, um, you know, if you are a day or two from payday. And your, you know, your uh, whoever's in charge of of payroll, their system gets hit. That's still going to be, you know, a, a a big impact event, but it's going to be not as bad as every system in the the entire company getting locked down and having all of its data taken. We call so, that
1: making lemonade. Yeah. <laughs>
0: With a few lemons, yeah. So essentially, you're compartmentalizing things, and you're, you know, you're basically um, uh, limiting damage. You know, so you're making it so that it only happens in a small area. Uh, for example, this is the same way that uh, sprinkler systems work in buildings. If a sprinkler goes off, unlike in the movies, you know, in the movies you see when a sprinkler goes off, all the sprinkler heads go off. <laughs> that doesn't really work like that. Oh wow, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So so if if there's a fire say in a kitchen and the sprinkler goes off in the kitchen, it's going to flood the kitchen, no question. And you know, it may damage everything down below the kitchen and maybe hit an adjacent room, but it really shouldn't cause a ton of water damage and fire damage to the entire building. Right? It mm-hmm. should be relatively self-contained. So that's, that's an example, a real world example that applies here too. You know, we put in controls and it keeps things isolated to a small area. You still had an incident. You still had a problem. But it's not as bad as, say, the entire building burning down. Yeah. Right? So that's a good reason why you should uh, silo your data and only give people, including yourself, access to the things that they absolutely need to to do their job.
1: Mm-hmm. And then I, I would like to kind of tell one thing that I do for CEOs and owners of companies, especially like smaller companies, um, you know, they're like the ones that say, well, I need to have full control. Well, you don't need to have full control, but I'll tell you what I will do. You know, this is your company. These are your computers. You know, let me give you the file that has the administrator passwords that you have. Never, ever use it. (laughs) <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but it is theirs because, you know, they own it, mm-hmm. you know, and if you're with a larger company, you would want the, you know, the CIO to have that information and the CEO, you know, he doesn't need the password to QuickBooks or anything like that, but mm-hmm. he needs to know that his company can operate. And
0: Exactly. And that's the thing is it's perfectly acceptable to have a backup for emergencies. I mean, let's say, for example, you know, your company, you provide outsourced IT services. What happens if your company goes away, right? Yeah, they need to know. They need to know. So that's fine. Um, But what you do want, you know, you want to make sure that you're not using or, as I would say, abusing these privileges on a daily basis. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and that you know, again is just another example you don't need the ability to access every single file uh, you know, on every single server every single day
1: mm-hmm.
0: you may need to be able to access it in a pinch in an emergency but that doesn't mean you need to be walking around with those rights every day and that gets back to our initial discussion on this on dropping administrative rights it's really the same discussion
1: mm-hmm. I think that's it I agree thanks Peter